Okay. An author named Octavia Butler said the following about being a successful writer. She said, first, forget inspiration. Habit is more dependable. Habit will sustain you whether you're inspired or not. Habit will help you finish and polish your stories. Inspiration won't. Habit is persistence in practice. Why am I bringing up a quote about writing when this is supposedly a podcast about activism and doing a little something to help your democracy? Well, it's because I love this idea of habit being persistence in practice. And my activism is not based in inspiration most days. Most days I don't feel inspired. Most days I would like to stay in bed and watch Netflix. That is basically what I want to do all of the time. But my habit at this point is my work as an activist. I wake up every day. I want to stay in bed, but my habit gets me out. My habit gets me through my morning routine with my family. And my habit gets me onto my laptop where I do my work. I send out my email. And later in the day, I show up to the meetings or the phone banks or the canvases or whatever it is I've said that I am going to be at. Because habit is more dependable than inspiration. And I want to start with this as we uh, start today's podcast, because this is not a time in our democracy where I feel particularly inspired, and I suspect you don't either. It's tough. Things are tough out there, right? And it can be really easy especially with COVID and feeling so depleted by all of that, to just say, I just am not feeling it. I can't do anything for my country right now. I can't do anything to help democracy. But when we go from inspiration to habit, when we say, well, I can build a habit of doing a little bit every week, just like I don't want to brush my teeth, but I do that. And I don't want to, you know, put air in my tires, but I do that. Habit is more dependable. So, Let's uh, go into this podcast today thinking about how we can make a little bit of activism, a little bit of constructive action towards making our country better into a habit and stop worrying about inspiration. My name is Jessica Craven, and you are at my podcast, Chop Wood, Carry Water, Episode 8. I'm going to try to blow through this really quickly and leave you feeling better than when you came, because even though I just finished saying that inspiration is not important, it certainly doesn't help get us off of the couch to start building those habits. So that's what I'm here to do. Um, obviously, a little housekeeping I have to do real quickly. If you like what I'm doing here, you should consider signing up for my newsletter, where you will get five days a week, about five minutes worth of actions to take to help build a better country, which we need. Um, if you're on TikTok, you can follow me at JessCraven101. And, uh, you know, about once a day, I'll post something sort of talking about something that's going on and, and what you can do to make a difference in this country. I do have a Patreon, and I am incredibly grateful for every single person who sponsors me, even for $5 a month. It is uh, really makes a difference to me. All of these can be found at my link tree, which can be found at bit.ly forward slash Jess page. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash J-E-S-S-P-A-G-E. There's all kinds of fun stuff there. And uh, we do have an email address, chopwoodcarrywaterpod at gmail.com. 
I always love your questions, your feedback. And finally, I'm going to say right now, so I don't forget, a big thank you to my incredible producer, Renee Colvert, who is the whole reason this podcast is even happening. Oh, and she would want me to remind you that if you listen to this through iTunes, please do me a favor. If you've gotten anything out of any of these episodes, even one moment where you were like, whoa, I'm glad I listened to that, please go and rate and review this show. Algorithmically speaking, that's the only way people will find it. All right. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to lead us right into, I think, my favorite part of this podcast, and maybe yours too, where we talk about a couple of good things that happened last week. And, uh, you know, this is important because the work we do today puts these gratitude lists of tomorrow in motion. So, but today's gratitude is based on yesterday's work. So let's hear what we did with a gratitude list. Okay. So what are we grateful for this week? A lot of good environmental stuff. Uh, The EPA doing some great things, moving to give California permission to set its own tailpipe climate emissions limits, which basically gives the state of California leverage over United States mileage standards. This is something that Trump uh, tried to take away from us, and we have wrenched back because elections matter, and we elected a president who believes in climate change. So bravo, and thank you, Michael Regan. Uh, EPA secretary. Uh, The EPA will also, uh, they are proposing a rule today, in fact. Today is Monday, May 3rd, aimed at sharply cutting the use and production of a class of powerful greenhouse gases used widely in refrigeration and air conditioning. And there is bipartisan agreement, by the way, that this has to happen. This is critical. Um, Similarly, last week, the Senate voted to reinstate an Obama-era rule on methane, which is a greenhouse gas that's responsible for about a third of global warming. So this is all really good news. And uh, on a a somewhat environmental and also infrastructure um, front, the Senate overwhelmingly passed a bill. Again, it's shocking when we hear them actually legislating uh, to repair and improve water systems, including replacing lead pipes. Guess who voted against this? Um, The only two votes against are very dear, dear friends, Senators Ted Cruz of Texas and Mike Lee of Utah. You know, you got to love senators who vote against replacing lead pipes. You you just you got to because I don't know why. But what else can you say? Um, It's crazy, crazy. Um, We're going to talk more about Texas and how you can help get Ted Cruz out Um, Not immediately, but, you know, there's no instant gratification in this work. But there is gratification. Okay, moving on. um, In Virginia, Governor Northam has signed a bill that will establish a statewide LGBTQ plus advisory board. Bravo. Um, In Wisconsin, Tony Evers has signed a law that will require public and private schools in Wisconsin to teach students about the Holocaust and other genocides. This seems like a no-brainer, but mm, not necessarily. Uh, Ohio, good news out of Ohio. This is something we all need to stop and take notice. Um, they will soon join every, nearly every other state in allowing transgender people to change the gender markers on their birth certificates. This is especially notable just because... A lot of states are are really coming after transgender uh, rights right now in a way that is painful to watch. And so to hear some good news on this front is 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 good. And let us focus on it so that it grows, right? Um, 
The USDA has announced a new effort that will feed more than 30 million kids over the summer. This is with funding from the American Rescue Plan. Again, elections matter. And, uh, you know, if you want to come at me with that both parties are the same stuff, I am going to have 30 million kids tell you that you are wrong um, because uh, this is the difference between them having food this summer or not is Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan, which not a single Republican voted for. Okay, (laughs) so just have to say not one Republican in the House. So um, anyway, so that's all really good news. Oh, and uh, Merrick Garland doing his job beautifully announced that the Justice Department was investigating the police department of Louisville, Kentucky for a pattern and practice of excessive use of force. Of course, we would love to see investigations like this everywhere, but, you know, we'll take these small victories where we can get them. And finally, the U.S. will share up to 60 million AstraZeneca doses with other countries. We would like to see even more resources being sent, especially to India. Um, And uh, I hope that everybody who can is sending some money to one of the uh, good organizations doing work there. I know I have... Very scary times there right now. Um, So, oh, and then I'll just close with this. Uh, Nomadland director Chloe Zhao became the first woman of color, the first Chinese woman, and the second woman ever to win Best Director at the Oscars. So usually white. So this was great news. Representation matters. It matters. So, okay, this is fantastic. So let's have a little um, moment where we just stop and celebrate these incredible victories. It wasn't all good news this week, so let's take the good news where we find it and breathe in some gratitude for the things we have seen happen that were good this week. Okay, this section really maybe needs its own name. Um, Jess on the soapbox. I I don't want to be on a soapbox, but we are going to have to talk about Texas and the 6th Congressional District and what happened there on Saturday. And it's not great. So I'm going to try not to sound luxury about this, but I'll just tell you what happened. How about that? I'll just tell you what happened and you can infer the lecture if you like. So You know, if you've been listening to this podcast, there was a special congressional election in Texas's 6th District. This was a a Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, a purple, you know, trending blue district where the Republican um, Congress member had died of COVID in February. So we had this uh, jungle primary where 23 people were running, about half Democrat, half Republican and the hope was that we would get one Democrat into the runoff, that, that at least one of the top two slots would go to a Democrat. And alas, we came within 354 votes, but we did not make it. And, you know, when we come that close, it, it makes me it makes me very sad. I'll just say it makes me sad. That's such a bummer. 354 votes is nothing. Electorally, that is nothing. That is, I feel like I could have gotten us that myself if I had just phone banked every waking moment for the last month. But, you know, honestly, that's it's it's frustrating for me because, A, I don't feel that the Democratic Party paid enough attention to this race if they paid any at all. This is a district that Trump only won by three points. This is a district we could have flipped and we didn't. But the other thing that is disappointing is that the Democratic turnout, uh, we don't have precise numbers, but approximately the Democratic turnout was 14 percent versus 22% for GOP turnout. 
this is really frustrating. There were 195,000 Democrats in that district, and of them, only about 28,000 voted. So here's what I'm going to say about that. We have to do better. We have to do better. And so part of the homework I'm going to ask you to do or the sort of awareness I'm going to ask you to build is to pay attention when you hear about elections like this. And I know some of you did this, and I'm grateful. I know some of you came and phone banked with me with uh, Activate America. We were phone banking twice a week just to let people know this election was happening. I know there was text banking. I know there was some work. But honestly, a lot of organizations seem to sort of ignore this race. And it, it's it's frustrating because we, we really came so close um, to squeaking through. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Democrats have a vanishingly slim majority in the House right now. We have only a five or six seat majority. So this seat would have made a really big difference. We we needed this. This would have been good. And while we still have the majority in the House and the Senate, you know, it is really important that we start thinking about the midterms. And again, I talk about this every week, and I'm sorry, there is a certain amount of repetition in what I'm going to talk about because that's how we win. The midterms are coming. They feel like, oh, 2022, that's so far away. It's not. They're really just over a year away. Okay, fine, a year and a half. But still, the work we do now is what's going to make a difference in whether we win in 2022. And all predictions are that we are going to lose the House in 2022. And guess what? We just can't. We just can't. The stakes are too high. The Republicans are too crazy. Have I mentioned this is not a nonpartisan podcast? If you somehow stumbled into this and you think that I'm going to be nonpartisan, I'm not. I, I may be in a different time with a different Republican Party, but I'm not. We can't afford them getting power back in the House. So I try to tread a line where I am not too like, you know, I don't want to get stringent. I don't want to be scary. But the stakes are really high. Okay, so now is the time. This was a cautionary. This was a this was a warning flare, right? We lost a, a, a seat that we could have won because we weren't paying attention, because Democratic voters did not turn out, and because God knows why, right? But that is a that was a what is it called? An unforced error, I think is what they call it in sports. This shows how much I know about sports because I'm not even sure that that's a thing. But this did not need to play out this way. And so what I want to do is just say, OK, well, this was a bummer, but we we know this is all right. We still have the majority. But going forward, y'all, if you haven't yet decided which House district you are adopting for 2022 to save our country and make this place a, a place that we want to raise our kids, where our kids are safe and have access to the same rights that we did, please think about it now and start working now. I will tell you right now, my adopted seat is California's 25th congressional district, which went blue in 2018 with Katie Hill. And then we lost when Katie Hill stepped down and we had a special election and a Republican won it. So my commitment is to work towards getting that back. And I know that work starts now. That's why I have a, a, a bin in front of my house with post-it notes that people are taking packets of 100 and filling out and then sticking on door hangers. And then those door hangers go back to the district and they're being hung on registered Democrats' doors, asking them to get involved and volunteer and, you know, show up for events because we build slowly to win seats. It doesn't all happen once the ballots have been mailed. You know, it happens over months and even years. And again, I keep referring to Stacey Abrams, but she is the epitome of this fact. She's been working in Georgia for, I think, 12 years to get to where she got us this year. Right. So 
This is going to be a group effort. We need all of us on board and we need us on board now. So what I dream of for all of you is that you all adopt one House seat and one Senate seat that you want to flip, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to do what I do. You don't have to do this every day. You don't have to obsessively join phone banks and, you know, be a a model activist What I'm asking is that you just do a tiny bit of chopping wood and carrying water every week. Just one thing, maybe. Maybe one thing. But do that thing. You know, and I will remind you again of the metaphor I say so often, which is that one drop of water on its own cannot do anything, right? But when you put billions and billions of drops of water together... That's when you start carving stone, right? That's when you build, when your when you're flowing water creates the Grand Canyon. That is billions of drops of water who all showed up even though on their own they were inconsequential, right? So bring your drop. That's what I'm asking you to do. What is your drop of water? Bring it and start bringing it now, okay? That's my lecture, hopping off the soapbox now. And um, then we're going to close out with just a little bit more about women's choice. So we're going to close out today by just um, talking a little bit about abortion law. I wasn't really planning on this, but, uh, you know, I, I read something this morning that said that 2021 is rapidly shaping up to be the worst year on record for abortion restrictions in decades. Um, again, you know, with the pendulum sort of swinging to the left on a federal level, with Democrats having control of of all three, you know, of the presidency and Senate and the House, we have Republicans in charge of the m- way too many state legislatures. And so there they can exert a lot of control, and they are. They are also growing more radical and more extreme. And, uh, you know, one of the places they want to reach out and sort of punish and control is is women's bodies. And so um, 28 restrictions on abortion were signed into law across seven states between April 26th and April 29th alone. That's crazy, right? Texas uh, is on the verge of passing an abortion law that will ban abortion at six weeks, even in cases of rape or incest. As any woman can tell you, or maybe not any woman, but most people know that lots and lots and lots of women do not even know they're pregnant at six weeks. It's incredibly early in the cycle, right? Um, I had a woman, uh, I made a TikTok about this, and a woman commented that with both of her pregnancies, she tested negative on a pregnancy test until eight weeks, right? So this is just very, very early, but the law goes further. It also says that if if the woman somehow manages to get an abortion after that, that anybody involved, meaning even if she was impregnated by rape, for example, the person who impregnated her would have the right to sue her and not only sue her, but sue anybody who helped her. So the doctor, the person who gave her a ride to the clinic. So crazy, right? Crazy time. So laws like this are happening in every state, and I'm not going to read you a laundry list because it's depressing, and I'm sure the point is is obvious, right? There is a very big attack on women's choice happening right now. So a couple things that we can do are, A, pay attention to state-level elections, Right. I know I just finished a lecture about paying attention to federal elections, but state elections matter just as much, possibly. I don't want to say more, but just as much. A couple of organizations I really, really like, and I have mentioned them before, are Future Now 
uh, Future Now Fund. I believe it's Future Now USA, but I'm not sure. You can Google Future Now Fund and also Sister District, right? These are both great organizations that focus exclusively on flipping seats blue on a state level. States are deciding voting rights laws, abortion laws, gun laws, uh, anti-trans laws. I could go on and on and on and on. All of that is being decided on a state level. And you've heard me read in my gratitude list great things that states are doing, right? So it really, really matters. When we have Democratic legislatures, we see all these wonderful voting rights laws and, you know, laws calling for more representation and LGBTQ rights, and I could go on and on. But Republican legislatures are doing something very different, and we have to fight back. Okay, so try to sign up for either Future Now Fund or Sister District. Just get their emails, throw them a donation, or sign up to phone bank with one of them. It matters, right? So that's one thing. I got a little bit of homework for you right now also, which is to um, call some of the, the corporations that are funding the Texas GOP lawmakers behind these abortion bills um, to call them to account. And in particular, we're back again with AT&T and again with an email to AT&T. I feel like we do this almost every week. There are a few of these corporations that are funding the Texas GOP legislators. Uh, AT&T is the biggest. Altria, Anheuser-Busch, Verizon, PepsiCo, Time Warner Cable, and Google. All of them are top funders. Um, but we're going to focus on AT&T, and I'm going to give you your homework, which is to send them an email. And I know that we've emailed them before, but this is a different one because it focuses specifically on women's health and about this abortion law and the fact that, that AT&T is funding some of the lawmakers who are champions of this law. So if you want to send AT&T this email, really easy. You can just go to tinyurl.com forward slash gross ATT. I know. I, I, I made that up. Can you tell? Kind of childish. Tinyurl.com forward slash G-R-O-S-S-A-T-T. And if you put that in your browser, it will auto-populate an email and you can, you know, adapt it, change it however you want, but it will all be ready to send and you can let them know, like, this is not cool. You, you need to stop funding these politicians and you need to speak out in support of women's right to choose. So, and then one more thing you can do, and I've talked about this before too, is to go to plancpills.org, plancpills.org, um, because uh, this is where they uh, you can find access to information on medication abortion. So this is abortion basically where you order pills through the mail. And Plan C keeps the most updated information on which states you can do this in, which states are harder. They offer you free legal support. If you decide that you want to go that route, and um, if you are thinking that you need an abortion, PlanCPills.org will help you find access to one. Um, they also are looking for ambassadors. They're looking for people to sort of learn more about what they do and then help spread the word. So if women's choice is a cause you feel strongly about, consider going to plancpills.org and sign up as an ambassador. I guess I'm an ambassador of sorts because here I am talking about it on the podcast. But, you know, I have a daughter. I would like for her to have uh, a choice um, when she grows up. And the way our country is going right now, it's it's real touch and go. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to be negative, but I want to be clear about the danger. Um, so let's take some actions this week. 
And now I'm going to send you out with a little bit of a pep talk before I go so that we're not bummed out over all this crazy stuff that's happening. Okay, you all. So once again, thank you, Renee, for being my wonderful producer. Thank you all for tuning in and listening week after week. Thank you for sharing the word about this podcast. And 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 I'll just say before I go, I know sometimes the news is really tough. And I know even this morning I, I read the news and I just thought, wow, it's coming from all sides. And that is painful and it's hard. But that's why I started this podcast with the quote that I did. Because again, this work that we're doing, it's a habit. It's persistence in practice. And, you know, my dad my dad was a, a writer and a filmmaker, and he used to have a sign up in his office that said, I hate writing, but I love having written. And I, I've never forgotten it, you know, because uh, with the activism work that I do, again, like sometimes I don't feel like doing it. Sometimes I, I, I hate when I'm doing it. When I'm phone making, there are days I love it. And there are days where I just think, oh, I don't want to bug people. I feel awkward. I'd rather be watching TV. But afterwards, I love having done it. When we win, I love having helped. When we do flip a seat, I love having been a part of that. And when we save this country, when we save our democracy, when we stop these attacks on our basic freedoms, we will love the fact that we did this work. So I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and wish that I had done less to save my country. I might wake up tomorrow and wish I had done more. And if you feel the same, do do a few things with me this week. And thank you for that. You're powerful. Your voice is your superpower. You are the building block of democracy that we need. So never forget that. Stand up a little bit straighter. You're a superhero the second you choose to be one. So be one with me this week, and I will see you here next week. Bye, all. We're invincible.